the Off The Ball podcast on OTB Sports Radio, Ireland's first and only sports radio station. Good afternoon, I'm Ellen Keane. And I'm Kira McGeehan. And welcome along to the first ever Keane and McGeehan Unleashed. Woo. We're here as part of the Off The Ball Nulig Navan special, six hours of nothing but female voices. Coming up over the next hour, we're going to be talking to two of our sporting heroes, Sonia O'Sullivan and Kelly Harrington. We'll talk about who to watch out for in 2020. But first, we're going to find out a little bit more about each other in a catchy title segment called 10 Things I Want to Know About You. Yay! <laughs> so, Kira, the first thing I want to know about you is how do we pronounce your second name? Yeah, nobody ever gets my second name right. Um, I call I pronounce it McGeehan, Kira McGeehan. Um, there's no H in it. There's uh, no C in it. I get numerous different spellings off my name sent to me. And uh, what's, it's okay. what's the worst one? Like what's the like when you've been out competing? What is the worst type of pronunciation of your name that you've heard? Um, to be honest, my favourite one is from um, I think it was World Juniors when I won silver, and uh, they pronounced me as. Uh, Sierra Magian, and that's uh, that's one that I can my, see that. my you siblings, look like a Sierra. yeah, my yeah. siblings throw that at me regularly. It's good. It's <laughs> nice, nice. We had a swimmer on um, the Paralympic swim team called Alva, and of course, it's an Irish name. So whenever we went away competing, the she'd be introduced as Albi. Mm. Yeah, they're not great yeah. at the old Irish names. Irish names throw up a bit of trouble. I yeah. try to educate them over in England about the pronunciation. We're not even that far away from them. How can, like, just try and learn some Irish it's names. There's lots of us. I'm going to name my children the most awkward Irish names. <laughs> so that one, they never have their name on a little hairband or any of the little souvenirs. They're going to have a tough upbringing, but it's going to be fine. Because <laughs> so they're going to they're gonna be proud of their Irish name. <laughs> their Irish heritage. Yeah. All four of my siblings never find their name on any any little headbands or anything on their holidays Such until we came down mother. south it was great <laughs> so my first question for you um, we were chatting about our sports and um, and I want to know if you could choose any other sport bar swimming what would you choose okay right I would choose this sport but it's not a Paralympic sport and it would probably be really really dangerous for a person with a disability but whenever I'm training so swimmers we train two hours at a time we do lots of long distance we're in the pool we're just constantly moving for those two hours and say we're doing a kick set and at the other end of the pool we see the divers and they're just jumping up and down and we're in the water for two hours solid just constantly moving and they just seem to be having so much fun just jumping up and down so yeah every time I see a diver I'm like oh regrets chose the wrong sport still water-based though still water-based yeah yeah yeah. I'm a little bit of a water baby mines would not be anywhere near the water I would die. What would your sport be? My sport? Well, I grew up playing camogie and absolutely love it and would want to go back one day. Um, but I'm very big sucker into wanting to win an Olympic gold medal. Um, and I've always wanted to try boxing, so maybe Kelly will give me a spar or two in a few lessons. Give I'll go some and advice. do some, some boxing maybe when I retire. Very good. Right, my next question is, if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would that one food be? Oh, this changes all the time. I go through little food obsessions. My current food obsession is uh, a bagel with an avocado, like kind of guac that I make myself and uh, an egg and then like chorizo with honey on the top. So that's my current favourite food right now. Honey. Honey is like, I don't think people have really experienced how incredible honey is with everything. Every step aside, I'm I'm good at making that one dish. I put honey on pizza. I put honey on everything. Okay, not that. <laughs> no, you should I'm try not it. Not that bad. You should try it. You should try it. But I have a sweet tooth, so biscuits would possibly also be up there. <laughs> Very good. So my next thing, if uh, you you were going to change from being a swimmer, but you were going to still be water based, have you ever nearly drowned? Um, I actually have. So I remember. Uh, I think I was on holidays when I was maybe. F- three or four I was quite young um in Spain I think my parents may correct me on this but I do remember having like an an incident in the water panicking my dad rushing out trying to find me yeah bad experience um but surprisingly enough that has never affected me in the water since yeah and then one time I used to spend a lot of my summers um in 
Kilkey and Clare and I used to bodyboard all the time and one time I got in the sea when the current was too strong and I literally got like <laughs> drifted out the lifeguard had to come and get me and my dad tried to come get me too but in the process of him trying to come get me he got stranded out yeah. there too so I got in but he didn't and the lifeguard had to end up sa- saving him so okay. yeah I have had a few incidences in the water but just my absolute love for it um brings you back yeah it brings me back and keeps me keeps me in the water yeah. and keeps there me was me being like oh any young kids that have had a hard experience like don't let that dishearten you get back in the water and try yeah. get back on the horse but maybe don't follow your suit in going into an on um safe environment off that current no, always <laughs> look at the flags yeah. always if in doubt ask a lifeguard yeah. um but yeah no i think it's just so important just to keep like if you have a bad experience just to get back in because I think the longer you leave it as well the more the fear yeah yeah. the more daunting it is and the more fearful you get and even adults who I've talked to uh and they can't swim it's because they've had a bad experience Mm -hmm. as a child um and they just haven't had the confidence to get back in and it's quite sad to see because like swimming is part of most people's holidays when they go away um so it's such an important skill to have and to be able to do um so my next question for you mm-hmm. um you seem to have a habit well not a habit <laughs> but there seems to be a theme every time you're in the airport <laughs> in Manchester what am I doing what is the most ridiculous thing you've ever been stopped for in security because that's oh, what happens so Manchester airport is um is just the worst place for me to go through I've been stopped for just a packet of paracetamol that was annoying, but that's not the most outlandish. They got stopped for a cereal bar. Um, I've been stopped just because they, they were like, yeah, it just looked suspicious. I think it's me. My, my, like my, I had ever said your name. I'm dodgy, yeah. They're like, no, she doesn't look right. Usually if people get stopped in the airport, it's because there's someone with a similar name as you who has like some sort of criminal record. Oh, so yeah. maybe some other Kira McGeehan out there that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. I like every time I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna wing through here. It's fine. And then I get to the little the little conveyor belt, and he's like, just take out your liquids. And I I'm like, I'm gonna empty this whole bag because I'll get stopped for a sock, or it'll just be something completely innocuous. And I'm so annoyed. There the last time I was like, why did I get stopped for my laptop and my Kindle? And he's like, just didn't go through right. I was like, I swear. To you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I get stopped. I'm just ready for it. Do you ever get stopped when you're going through after um, a competition and you might have a medal, and then they the stop medicine. you because obviously the medal looks a bit weird going through security, so they want to see what it is, and then you get really embarrassed because you're like, ooh, a medal, and you're like, yeah. please stop. I know. <laughs> after um after the Athletics Ireland awards, I had two large glass things in my bag, and yeah, they were like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it's just a wee just came from an award ceremony and I feel like a wee show off with my wee awards walking so through that. <laughs> and I was like can I just put them under things I feel embarrassed but, don't let people see yeah, but there's a gentleman that um, does security up in Dublin airport and I've met him I think once or twice and I've been coming through before and he's been like oh well done in your last race which I don't expect people to recognise me and, and that made me uh, smile so I was the like, Dublin ah. airport guys are just yeah. so friendly they always like they're always so supportive they know you're going for a competition they'll never be awkward about kind of making you feel uncomfortable they're, and they're just so supportive and they're like oh good yeah, so, I like Dublin yeah, airport special <laughs> shout out to Dublin airport yeah. um, your turn my turn okay so this is a I live in a house of athletes and this is a question that came up around the table the other day and we were all having the banter like you're asking like going to be asking serious questions mine's are all kind of a bit of banter so what type of athlete are you most attracted to in the sense that do you know you're like I find like us runners especially as you go up in distance we're really skinny and that's not really anybody's type Whereas like are swimmers are like much bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Alan. Who do you fancy? No, is there because like you know is there a specific sport that you find most attractive? Would it be like the sprinter type body or a swimmer type body or are we going to talk like you know whenever I say rugby, are we talking like front row or are we talking like? Oh dear, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm really afraid I'm going to like <laughs> say a thing I'm going to regret. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, I just Tough like question. All of them. All of them. All of the above. All of the above. We had I think with question. swimming as well, it's so awkward because like it's uh it's how I've grown up. Like I've grown up surrounded by athletic bodies and speedos my whole life. So I don't even I don't even see them in speedos anymore. I just kinda of, that that is what they look like. So when I actually see swimmers in clothes, I'm a bit like, oh, 
that's a bit weird. But when I see like normal people in Speedos, I'm like, oh, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think, yeah. And oh an athletic body is never a bad thing. There's yeah. no specific one that I'm attracted to. Yeah. That was such an embarrassing Random question. <laughs> I'm here to bring, to bring out the embarrassing stuff. <laughs> Well, I did originally have very serious questions to ask you, but I'm going to try and make them them less serious. Um, If you could be any animal, what animal would you be? Oh, so you're you're cheating. I know where you got this question. That's because I told you when you forgot about it. (laughs) No, I know because I had a really good answer for that. Um, So I would be a peregrine falcon because it's the fastest animal on the planet. Smart. Silent hunter. Smart. It's also the little symbol on my New Balance spikes. Aww. So I see it every time I lace up. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Little new balance shout out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what would your dream job be, Ellen? Or are you currently living it? Is this your dream At job? At this moment in time. I, I love I this. Swimming, but but maybe this. Yeah, I love all the media aspects and you know, having the chats, meeting cool people, getting to mm. find out about them, learn more about them. Um, so yeah, no, I'm really enjoying being here today in the studio. So maybe that is my dream job. Just be aware, news talk. <laughs> they have too many men here, so I think they need. Oh, <laughs> no, they're doing a good, a good. Why is this a once a year thing? <laughs> here today, so uh, yeah, maybe we need to get. It's good we're having much more female representation across the board. Yeah. I do think out in management and coaching roles and higher up in 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 so many different areas we need more women yeah and i don't i feel like quite often we don't put ourselves forward for it maybe and maybe we see don't it be as a afraid yeah, yeah don't be afraid to make some noise yeah um okay serious question mm-hmm. well not really a serious question i always wondered this about athletics um is there a certain way you wear your hair to make you run faster okay this is just coming from like i don't i can't run I used to uh, go to boarding school in England where my coach used to make me run as part of my training and I used, to get, I used to get shin splints all the time. But I couldn't run unless my hair was in a bun. But then I see, like, I watch the, all these athletics events and girls have, like, amazing hairstyles. And yeah. I'm just like, how? How do they do that and run fast at the same time? Like, is there yeah. any specific hairstyle? There's definitely no specific hairstyle. If you watched an athletic meet and, like, go watch World Champs or the Olympic Games, you'll see such an array of hairstyles. I personally like having my hair out of my face. Mm-hmm. So I'll have it usually a racing little plait that's in today, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I'll Your straighten signature it. look. Yeah, this is my signature look. It's because I can't plait it the other way. <laughs> Um, I'll usually straighten my hair because I feel like straight is faster but that's more of a mental thing but yeah sometimes I watch the sprint events in particular and there's girls with their hair down just full flowing mane and I wonder how they're doing it I just couldn't so you couldn't do that now oh goodness no oh lord it would be all over the place it would be hilarious it'd be in my mouth I'd (laughs) have maybe it'd be in my eye and yeah my hair's too long no it has to be tied up out of the way nice and tidy and yeah I feel like that's growing up in a household where it's like, get your hair out of your face. <laughs> okay, very good. Your turn. My turn. So I didn't actually know that you went to boarding school. And my next question was going to be, do you have any siblings? And what do they do? Because I find uh, people don't really know what, what my siblings do and other aspects of my life. And I think my siblings are way more interesting than me. So do you? I do. So um, the thing is about swimming. Swimming is a very family orientated kind of sport so usually uh if one sibling swims a lot of like every sibling swims and it's a big family event but my siblings like they did I did learn to do lessons with them but um they never actually got into competitive swimming so everyone in my club like as I kind of grew up they always thought I was an only child and because my dad was always the one bringing me training they always thought I was an only child just me and my dad I know obviously now because my parents dress up at every occasion they can every chance they get um people are well aware that I have two parents yeah. um yeah no I have two brothers um and a sister so I'm the baby my two brothers one of them is an accountant and one of them works somewhere doing something I'm not really yes, that aware it's some businessy thing you know <laughs> yeah, when someone starts hard. saying business and you're like 
very interesting okay. yeah. very good um, and then my sister is actually really into she used to live in Canada um, and she worked in a doggy daycare in Canada so she's currently learning doggy daycare yeah there's That's not really my dream job that, there's, but it's a really big thing in Canada um, and they don't really have that here so she's like currently doing dog grooming and then her dream is to open her own doggy daycare so yeah you know, there's a plug if you need someone to mind your dog during the day my sister Ellen's sister yeah and it's and that's her title Ellen's sister <laughs> it's a that's business the name, name. of her business <laughs> um, we have time for one more question from you Kira. from me okay oh actually no for me I'll oh, go I'll go I'll go and then you go okay um okay uh what okay this is a really serious question okay sure. what has been the hardest sacrifice you've had to make for your sport Ooh. So this is um this is something that I feel like people often talk about the sacrifices they make in their sport and I've went through my life and I've absolutely loved my sport and sometimes it is hard I get very nervous for events and stuff and and I find that difficult but I'd say if you're talking about things that you sacrifice and miss out I do miss out on a lot of family occasions and things with friends I moved to Manchester and my boyfriend lives in Dublin and I only get to see him once a month mm. so I've missed out on a lot of maybe those social things that other people have as the norms. I, I miss all of the family weddings. I my, One of my closest friends is getting married next year and I'm probably not going to be able to, to make the wedding. And, and it's because I'm going to the Olympic Games, so obviously I'm excited. But I'd say that's the hardest part. I find those little things difficult, but... I don't really mind because I know that I've um, I've chose this and I want to do it. And do you not also find that because of the sacrifices that you've had to make, like missing out on like family things or friend things, you really do learn and find out who your real friends are because the people who really care about you, they're not going to make a fuss about it. They'll try and facilitate you when they can. Yeah. Um, and it's a really it's a really good thing to know, like who has your back. Yeah, I I feel very lucky to have the friends around me that I have. Um, from from right from secondary school right the way up I feel like yeah I'm very lucky okay I'm going to ask you two questions because one's yes or no and the other one I'm just so fat interested to know uh, do you pee in the pool Ellen yes or no <laughs> Ellen I refuse <laughs> that question okay so make of that what you will Irish public and then this is something that I'm interested because um You've shown on your Instagram story and I've watched stories about you were like people were fascinated about how you tied your lace, Mm -hmm. how you put on your swim cap, how you put up your bobble with your arm. And I want to know what's the hardest thing that you find to do? do Um, So like, like it's so difficult to open a can Ah. can opener so like when I actually only started like I, I put up uh, like uh, whenever I go to schools and stuff um, the reason why I put that video on my Instagram st- uh, feed about me tying my laces is because whenever I do go to schools kids are always like you can't do anything you have one hand yeah. and then my go to is can you tie your laces and they're like no and then <laughs> I like show off it's kind of a little bit of bullying children but <laughs> put them in their the place time. yeah <laughs> um, so that's kind of why I wanted to show that and I kind of got such a reaction that I was like oh like people are like for me it's normal but it isn't normal for other people to like see this so uh yeah for me opening cans is so hard I have to kind of like balance the can opener or tin opener I don't even know what it's called um like under my arm against my boob at a correct angle and I have to stay like that while twisting it and if I like any other movement and I'll like lose it I know I'm getting you for Christmas one of those wee no but I'm so stubborn that I don't like people helping me so I I need to commit to it I'm there with my wee electric tin opener and you're adamant I'm doing it (laughs) that will be the next video Um, alright this has gone on far too long Um, Sonia Sullivan is standing by so we'll have to come back to 10 things I want to know about you on the next episode of Keen and McGeen Unleashed The Off The Ball Podcast Network When we were asked who we wanted to talk to on the show, there was only one name on top of the list. She is a world champion, an Olympic silver medalist, an icon of Irish sport. We are delighted to talk to Sonia Sullivan. Sonia, welcome to our show. Oh, thanks very much. It's nice to talk to you. You are our first guest um, on the show, so forgive us. uh, Our interviewing skills are not up to scratch. Um, But yeah, no, welcome. We have uh, me and Ellen here today. It's Kira, and uh, yeah, the, I'm. I was. You were my top request, naturally, being uh, the legend of Irish athletics that you are. 
Um, and I just wanted to congratulate you on a big year. I think a lot of people will realise that this is a big birthday year. Have you enjoyed the celebrations? Um, yeah, I'm still trying to work out, you know, what more things I can do <laughs> over the coming year. Uh, there, there's a long list of things that I would, I suppose, like to do um, that I haven't even got any plans to do yet. Like uh, away from the usual stuff, you know, it's easy to kind of set yourself targets to do with, you know, fitness and sport and things like that. Um, but uh, I think I'd like to go up to maybe some exotic island and, you know, just have a nice time. <laughs> but, just you know, I probably need relax for once. Just, just disappear, even if it's only for a weekend, you know, it'd be nice to do something like that. But it's something I've always dreamed about and never got myself around to doing. So in all the all the 50 years, you still haven't learned to chill very much, Sonia? Are you still very driven no. and goal orientated? <laughs> I think so. Like I was um, this morning, I was I'm in Teddington at the moment and um, I went for a run around the park, Bushy Park, which is where I used to train when I was running fast and competing. And, um, you know, it's very hard to let go of, you know, what that park means to me and everything that I would have done in there and achieved in there. And um, so when I was training there, we used to always have this target for, you know, all the people who would help us, the coaches and um physios people like Jared Hartman and just you know anybody who turned up the goal was to run around the park faster than your age <laughs> and um so for me <laughs> you know I used to I used to always if you went sub 40 then you were always going pretty good um and I always said you know as you got older it would get easier um but it's, it it's going to be a bit of it's going to be a bit of a challenge <laughs> and um that's one thing that I find interesting that whenever um Whenever I retire from athletics, I often wonder, will I want to keep running? And people do ask me that. I came from a camogie background and I often feel like I'd like to go back and, and play some different sports. Whenever you got to the end of your athletic career, did it feel like a natural kind of procession into, into being a retired athlete? Um, did you continue running just as hard or did you go and try something different? Um, yeah, no, I kept training quite hard for a long time. I It was very hard to let it go and to change from, you know, running twice a day. I think when I started running just once a day, then that was kind of the end. Mm -hmm. But it took a while to do that because I always felt that, you know, I, there was one more thing, one more thing or one more race or one more time that I could achieve. And um, so it took me a long time to come down from that. And, you know, maybe if I had taking it a bit easier earlier I probably would have been able to run for a little bit longer but you know I just knew one way of training and you know there was no one there to kind of direct me in another direction as I got older and I feel like I know a lot more now than I did you know kind of when I was in my 30s and you know it was just all about going out there and running as fast as you can for as long as you can and yeah. you know the harder the better. <laughs> and Sonia when was the last time you went a week without running? Um let me see uh well I have had some time off over the years just for injury and different things like that um but this year has been pretty good I've been running a fair bit this year I can run about five days a week um and so you just kind of I think as you get older you appreciate it a bit more as well and I do everything I can so that I can keep running and you know being in Australia in the winter time it gets a bit colder than people think so it's not much fun going out on the bike or swimming so I tend to try and run and it's a bit more time efficient as well I've got two dogs Snowy and Winnie to look after so it just makes more sense to run with them than to be heading off on the bike by myself or going to the swimming pool. So and does I, it does it help being in Australia I mean I went to Australia for the first time um, after my world championships and just the atmosphere and everyone just seemed to get up at like six o'clock in the morning just to exercise it was like I was there to be on a break, but I just kind of felt like I had to keep exercising just to fit in. Is it really kind of easy to keep up exercising just um, in the environment in Australia? Yeah, it's very, um, I suppose, people, it's part of their day and people do get up early. But I don't know, I, I haven't really got into that getting up early phase. I'm yeah. still a, kind of a bit casual in the morning. and uh, You wouldn't make much of a swimmer now? <laughs> um, no, definitely not. Um, so... Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of work on the kind of, um, what would you say, the the, the mum's routine, you know, you, and, and I've kind of got to the end of that now as well, uh, where, you know, you drop 
the kids at school and then you go out and you exercise after that. So maybe there's two waves of exercise. You have the early morning people and then you have the mums who go at about nine o'clock. Yeah. And Sonia, you touched there before on um, on the lessons you learned from your life as an athlete and you'd said you probably trained very hard. I, I was looking down through that long list of um, your accomplishments in racing whenever I got back to Manchester and it's one that I would actually like to print out and have a wee breakdown off because I looking down through you, you race an awful lot more than I race as a 1500 runner. Um, and what kind of, what lessons did you learn from your time as an athlete that if you went back, you might have changed or if you were going to talk to, to a current crop of athletes and, and help them with their training, what advice would you give? What have you learned? Um, well, I think like I was either full on or I was either on or off. Like mm-hmm. I was, you know, really going for it or I wasn't. And you know, when I look back in it and when I look at athletes now and how they train and race and I think athletes now are a lot more controlled and managed and, you know, whereas I used to train hard, I used to get injured a bit, um, but I was always ready for the racing season. And But we would get to the point in June and you'd have your last training session and then it was just racing, you know, mm-hmm. every second day and you'd hardly go for a run and I used to love that time. So I think... Mm-hmm. When I was racing on the track, I enjoyed racing more than training. Um, And then when I started to do road races and even a bit in the marathon, then I started to understand training and, you know, kind of balancing and managing things a little bit better. So maybe if I could have brought that into my um, track career, then, you know, I don't don't know. It's hard to tell because, you know, you kind of think if you were a bit more managed and controlled then would you be a little bit more conservative so then you'd be aggression make you the athlete that you were it probably did yeah I mean I just you know I would say no to there was nothing I wouldn't say no to I I wanted to do everything and you know I was excited to race and I and I loved it yeah um so you know I, I think that just kept me going you know just going race to race and you know there was never time to reflect if you didn't have a good race and you know sometimes you'd run you know, 401 and that would be a bad race. Yeah. And, you know, because you, you're just so used to always trying to run faster or to, to win more races. And, you know, I suppose the thing was, I was also at a time where you could win races more often. And so, you know, if you didn't run a fast time, then at least you had the satisfaction of winning the race. Mm-hmm. And and I also think that's a harder thing for athletes today is that sometimes, you know, you, you, it's it's harder to get in that winning position. And when you're in a competitive and winning position, you can do things that you, that, that are unpredictable mm-hmm. because you just get into the kind of um, the competitive oh, spirit and you just kind of you forget how tired you are or you forget that, you know, you've run so fast over the first three laps yeah. and you just fight it out. Um, I suppose the one thing I, I would love to do now when I watch the races is like when I ran 358 in Monaco, I won the race and, you know, I was 50 metres clear for 300 to go. Mm-hmm. So I would love to be in some of those races now where, you know, they go out super fast and, you know, just see how far I could. Like the hardest thing for me was to get to 1200 metres at a really fast pace because yeah. I had to commit to the pacemaker and it was you know, it was all about a time trial rather than a race. Mm-hmm. Whenever you watched that 1500 final in Doha, <clears throat> what were you thinking? Yeah, it was. Because that was fast. <laughs> uh, that was unbelievable, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that was something else. And, you know, you just kind of thought, she's going faster. <laughs> How yeah. can this be? And it was fascinating. But, you know, when you break it down and you kind of think, well, it's not times per lap that you can't do. So you kind of think, well, it's possible, you know, if yeah. you, you just have to be able to somehow put them all back to back. And, uh, but, you know, girls are running a lot faster through 1200 meters now than, than ever before. And, you know, I think when I ran 358 in 1994 or 95, whichever one, I, think, I can't remember which year it was, yeah. I think it was 95. Um, I was the only person to run under four minutes that year. Yeah. You know, and you, you know, every race now people run under four minutes. So I think, athletes and coaches have worked out how to be a lot more specific um, in their training and, you know, directing that towards the races. And, you know, that's something that I, w- I would love to, you know, I suppose 
been known about or kind of been able to do rather than just going out there and running it whatever turn whatever was there I just went up and lined out and raced yeah and speaking you... of racing sorry Kira and um, Sonia your personal best in the 1500 meters is three minutes 58.85 and Kira ran a personal best of four minutes 0. 0.15 <laughs> seconds at this year's world championships would you be annoyed if Kira were to take your Irish record I told her that's a stupid question <laughs> <laughs> yes she will she um, wants her maybe, national title but... <laughs> Well, maybe 10 years ago, I might have been annoyed, but now, you know, it's kind of old enough. It's what well, it must be 25 years now at this stage. Will it be hard to around. let it go, though? Um, I not really know. I mean, I, you know, you can see it coming down the track these days that, you know, there's so many more girls running faster times and, you know, the opportunities are there to run faster times. And, you know, like the, the I mean, looking on from afar and Kira will answer this question when um watching the world championships in doha it just looked like unbelievably perfect conditions mm -hmm. you know for racing and you know if if other meets are able to recreate that in the future then you know you you're bound to get faster times and you know maybe maybe all the, the shoes are going to be evolving as well you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> the next stage there's, there's lots of uh Lots of changing things but yeah. then you know when you look back to years and years ago the tracks have changed and you know the shoes have changed over time as well so it's just the sport, sport is evolving and um you know i think it, you know it's it's not a difficult thing anymore for girls to run under four minutes for 1500 meters mm -hmm. um and it's it's very achievable it's not something that you know looks out of reach i think people line up now know, knowing and believing that they can do that so I'm sure Kira is the same. It's just going to take the the right race yeah. <laughs> and the right All time. Well. Uh -huh. And Sonia, you had I don't know if a lot of people probably know you for your track um, times and your spectacular races there, and you had such a range as an athlete. It's something that I look on as an athlete and think, wow, I don't think people would realise that your half marathon and your marathon times are also pretty tasty for for an athlete that um, was was so successful on the track. Going uh, right from your from your eight hundred up to your marathon, which was your favorite event to race? Um, I think three thousand meters was always my favorite, and I I was I was really annoyed when they changed the three thousand to the five thousand for the championship events because the three thousand you could get away with a lot in the three thousand meters, where the five thousand meters you had to be on your game all the time, and you know there was always those few laps in the middle where you could lose concentration and you know. The race would get away from you so yeah, the, yeah i think i think you know of all the irish records i have i think the 3000 is probably the most difficult one i'd say i said um, so ellen was asking me before the show and i was like look sonia has some records that uh that some of the best athletes in the world have struggled to to get close to and and um, yeah, you have records that are going to be raining for a very yeah, long time. Yeah, it just goes to show what a legend you are in the sport. Um, as it is such an important year with the Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games coming up, Sonia, what advice would you give to any Irish athlete who aims to go for a medal in Tokyo? Um, let me see. I think... A medal in the Olympics, it's, it's one of those things that you know, everybody around the world, they all kind of up their game, they up their training in an Olympic year. And some people change things and some people continue doing the same things. And I think if you've got to a certain level and you've been successful and you're happy with your rate of progression, then I wouldn't change things too much. I think people think that because it's an Olympic year, you have to change things and do things a lot different. Whereas I think you just have to do the same again and maybe do it a little bit better mm -hmm. um and that's what i used to do when you know when i got up to running 100 miles a week you know i didn't then all of a sudden decide i had to run more than 100 miles a week i just got better at running 100 miles a week and you get better at managing it and controlling it and you know the olympics it's not you know a million it's not that much different than the world championships the same people are running there but it just has that bigger feeling about it and more people know about it and more people ask you about it and it just it can listens. become a bigger it can become a bigger thing in your mind than mm. it really is and I think you just have to break it down into small pieces and you know follow the same routine that you do for training to 
you know, small races to big races and you just follow that routine mm-hmm. all the way to the Olympics and you line up on the start line knowing that you've done everything you possibly can and, you know, you're out there ready to give the best performance you can and, you know, I suppose the most important thing is that you can walk off the track happy that you've given everything and you've got the best results you can and that's how I felt when I went to Sydney. I just wanted to be happy with my run mm-hmm. and I didn't really think about winning a medal yeah. I mean I think now if I look back and I think well if I thought about winning a medal maybe I would have won <laughs> but <laughs> maybe the pressure would have got you though um Kira, yeah. as Sonia is your idol is there anything you would like to say to Sonia before we wrap it up well I just want to thank you for for taking uh taking this opportunity to speak to us it's uh it's been a real pleasure and um and to thank you for being such a an inspiration I think um People don't realise how lucky we are in Ireland to have sports people such as yourself to look up to. And you're certainly somebody that gives me a lot of faith that as a, an Irish woman, I can go out and compete with the best in the world. So I hope you have fantastic celebrations that you finally get to settle down and have that little breakaway. Yeah, where you treat just, yourself. Uh, you just go off the grid because oh. I'd say you're always um, you're always badgered to be talking to people like us. But um, thank you so much. And uh, and I hope you have a fantastic year ahead. And hopefully our paths will cross again sometime in 2020. Yeah, thank you, Sonia. Yeah, thank- Thanks very much. To- and best, best of luck for the Olympics. Thanks, and, uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, and, you know, for the, the season ahead. The Off The Ball Podcast Network. Welcome back. I'm Ellen Keane. And I'm Kira McGeen. And this is Keane McGeen Unleashed. In a moment, we're going to be talking to world boxing champion Kelly Harrington. But first, we have both picked out three athletes you should look out for in 2020. So my my first athlete is not just one athlete on their own, but I think we should look out for the Irish hockey women. Going forward into 2020, they did fantastic with their Olympic qualification. And watch this spot and get cheering behind the team. Very good. Um, Mine is uh, a fellow teammate of mine. She is only currently 17 years old. Her name is Nicole Turner and she is actually aiming to compete at her second Paralympic Games. But uh, in September of 2019, she won her first ever world championship medal. It was a bronze medal. Um, So looking towards Tokyo, we could be seeing another uh, medal, medal opportunity there. Definitely. Uh, my next athlete is in the field of golf and I think we should all look out for Leonie Maguire and a lot of the other girls up there in the Irish golfing scene. Um, but she's had a glistening year this year. Um, so watch this spot. And I think we both agree on our next athlete. Yes. So another lady who is one of our ones to watch in 2020 is no stranger to success. She won her first world championship medal in 2016, a silver in the light welterweight category in 2017 after Katie Taylor went to pro she dropped to the lightweight division where she won another silver in the european union amateur boxing championships in early 2018 she won a bronze medal at the european championships and then later that year went on to be crowned world champion in june of 2019 she won a european games silver medal and now her sights are firmly set on the olympic games in tokyo it is of course the one and only kelly harrington kelly welcome to the show and thank you for taking our call wow thanks so much (laughs) it's great actually hearing that all back i'm like wow i think i'll just pinch myself first to see is this actually me she's talking about (laughs) yeah thanks ellen (laughs) well that's the thing the amount of success you've had since 2016 has been phenomenal and just how did you get into boxing could you tell us that um well i basically when i was younger um i was going down the wrong pathway I suppose there's two pathways you can go down. One is the right one and one is the wrong one. And I was heading down the wrong one at a at a very early age. And I suppose I needed I like I was very mature, like um academically not very smart, but streetwise very smart. So I knew what I was doing was wrong and I knew I needed to had to change something. So I knew sports was good and I suppose boxing is very well known in the inner city. Mm. There's a boxing club on every second corner nearly so uh, that was how I ended up getting into boxing and the discipline in boxing is, is like it's the best discipline that you could have really and the coaches they let you away with nothing so <laughs> <laughs> so they turned you right and what age were you when that all kind of started your boxing career um 
between like 14 and 15 so if you can imagine like at that age you're probably thinking yeah what could she have been doing that like <laughs> that is like yeah and when, really wrong. when you were yeah. when you're first starting off and you're joining the boxing club did you ever have dreams of the olympic games to be honest with you, no, I've never had a dream of, of the Olympic Games because I started boxing basically to, to take me on a different journey in my life. And as long as I was on a different journey, that was my, my goal was to was to take me away off that wrong path and onto the right path. And, and it's not only until like 2016 when I actually started to believe in myself that I could actually do something with, with my career, with boxing, that I started to believe in myself. And um, you are a proud inner city dove and your success has been felt throughout inner city Dublin and your fans are so supportive of you and are so proud of you. And how much does it mean to you that you have the backing of your community? It's brilliant to be able to come back to, to my community with, with a medal or, or, you know, like it's not, it's not even just when you get medals, like, I've lost loads of fights. Jesus, I've probably lost more fights than I've had hot dinners now at this stage. And to come home and your community to still be very proud of you and still come up to you and say, look, listen, love, don't worry about it, you know, you'll get them again, you know, like, they're not just there for the good times, they're there for, for the bad times as well. And I'm able to give them a bit of a a bit of enjoyment out of what I do for when I do have good times. So it, it, it's amazing. Like, it works. Everybody gets a piece of the pie, really. Oh, that's lovely. And the 2020 campaign is all about if you can't see it, you can't be it. And do you think, do you have, do you feel a little bit of responsibility to be a role model to, to younger people and especially people who are going through a hard time like you did? Yeah, this this is it. You know, I, I, I actually never realised how much of a role model that, I was on only until like I start going into the schools and like people like I got a a a, a page there the other day like uh, it was a like a story that one of the kids out of schools that I had went into he was able to say every single word that I said uh, when I was in the school back on a bit of paper and I was like wow like oh my god these kids, like they are like they're like sponges they are they're absorbing absolutely everything like whatever we put out there these are absorbing it like so yeah. I feel as do you as, ever get like a little bit afraid of what you're gonna say do you ever get a little bit afraid of what you're gonna say no I, I just feel as as an adult like it's up to us like to be able to you know to 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 be proper role models and not be going out there and doing all kinds of whatever you know like yeah yeah and tell us have you had many obstacles along the way in the lead up to to the olympic games uh just just injury that's really it like um mm. i broke me me tongue in february and then i broke it in june again so i broke it twice this year had uh two operations on it uh hasn't hasn't been a a great year. Um, I suppose with highest comes lows, and that really that's what determines uh, your your uh, mentality. Really, is how you come back, how you bounce back from this. But I think I have that kind of bounce back mentality that I'll just come back anyways, and what's to be will be, and you know all that kind of stuff. That's what that's what I'm trying to keep in my head. What's to be will be. Going to work for it. <laughs> I have the absolute privilege of getting to see you in the gym and getting to see you work hard and honestly I know 2019 has been a hard year for you but you work so hard and put so much into each and every gym session and I know me and Bernard Dunner standing by the sideline just watching it and um, being so impressed with what you do and can I just ask what exactly when you when you think of Tokyo right so you're the world champion and when you think of Tokyo do you ever think about how other girls that you fight against are going to Tokyo to try and beat Kelly Harrington. Yeah, well, like at like at this stage now, I don't like boxing is it's I suppose it's like many other sports. Girls come out of cracks of the wall. You don't know who's going to be here. They haven't seen me for for the guts of a year, so they're probably they probably don't even they probably think I fell off the map. Like, you are you the underdog know. now? <laughs> I'm the underdog, and I I love being the underdog because it, it's hard when you have a target on your back. Do you know what I mean? How yeah. like how do you get better? Now I'm fighting hard again, like, and I am the underdog, but I'm all I also have a target on my back because I'm I'm like there's a new world champion. She's gonna have a target on her back. I'm going to have a target on my back. Everyone's out there to be beat. Styles, styles make fights. And that's the interesting thing about boxing. Like, styles make fights. So 
it's 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 just great like and it's going to be a great journey like and again I have to get to Tokyo first so the qualifiers are in, in uh, March in London okay. and, and they're not going to be easy they're going to be tough like so again there's going to be girls coming out of cracks of the walls like Russia will have you don't know who they're going to have like um, and is Russia since the whole um, Russian doping scandal and the Olympic committee or WADA saying that um, Russia weren't going to be allowed to be involved in international competitions, are Russia still going to be allowed in boxing? That's the thing. We're all thinking, like, we don't actually know. We don't know what the crack is. Like, yeah. Um, I, I don't know much about about any of it because I don't look into it, but uh, I did watch that Icarus thing and I gathered that it was state-funded uh, state or government-funded or whatever, but I don't know what way it works. And oh, my God. That Icarus thing, my uh, friend wanted to watch that with me and I was like, no, I'm probably the worst person ever to watch that with. I'll probably get really angry. So um, you kind of keep your head down and don't focus on it, do you not? That's exactly it. Like, you can't, because, like, you, you can just control what you control because there's no point worrying about things that you can't control because they just drain up your bloody energy. Mm -hmm, yeah. And what is training looking like in the lead up to the Olympic qualifier in March? I have not got a clue. All I know is this hey. week we're just we're sparring every day this week and come January so when we leave this week I'd say probably on I'd say Monday we'll get a plan for for January. So we don't actually even know yet. I know there's a tournament in January, like a, a Strangia tournament and that's like a, that's like a world championship. Yeah. Except for it's not a world but you'll get You'll be treating um, it like it is a world championships as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all the all the top class athletes are going to be there. Um, so I know that's in, in January, late January. So I'm just preparing for that. And even at that, the team still hasn't been selected for that. We don't know who's going to the qualifiers. We don't know anything yet. So it's just a waiting game, really. So you're just going to take it day by day? That's it, day by day. And just taking it as it comes. There's no point. Like, there's no point in in worrying about the the future. You just have to do what you can do in the present and and train as hard as you can and hope that that pays off. Um, I know in the Institute of Sport you train alongside the other boxers. So how important are your teammates to you and getting you through the dark wintry days and the hard sessions? Do you know we're, we're we we spend so much time around each other that you, everyone needs to be basically friends like you can't have any uh, any badness in the camp because that just brings everyone down so the morale needs to be there everyone has to get on well and it's great because if you have a, if you're having a, a bad shitty day like or you've you, you sparred bad or you've had a bad track session like you can talk about it to your friends you know there's so many of us there yeah that we can actually talk to each other and use each other as as support and you're a little family aren't you <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 it is. It's great. Like it's, it's, I love having the girls around. It's it's brilliant. And ideally, okay. So say you do, you get your qualifying. You know you're going to Tokyo. What would be the goal when you get to Tokyo? What would you love? When I get to what to Tokyo? Yeah. If I got to Tokyo, Jesus, like when? Yeah. Come on, when? <laughs> it, like God, I, I to be honest with you, like if I qualify for Tokyo. I'd probably have heart failure or something before I even get there. Like that just it'd be just surreal, like <laughs> um so if I got to Tokyo, like I'd love to get a, a medal, like I'd I'd love to get a gold medal, but if, if I got any medal it would be fantastic. But I'd be I'd be aiming just one fight at a time basically and and that's it. I never I never look too far ahead. I just take it one one fight, one round at a time and anything can change, you know. And now with boxing, we have the new scoring system coming in as well. Yeah. Like, years ago, we used to have points scoring. They took the points away and then done it to more of a professional scoring. So they score it. Like, so say me and you were fighting and I win one, one round, it's called a 10-9 a, a round to me. And so obviously you're down, like... Yeah, yeah. And is, know, that a, is that a different points. system now to uh, the Rio Olympic Games? Uh, it'd be different. That yeah. it's, it's going to be completely different. Uh, Rio was Rio was the ten nine, wasn't it? I can't remember. Yeah, Rio was ten nine. I think uh, London 
was the point system. So okay. it'll go back to the point system that they had in London. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So now, you see, this makes boxing, it makes things interesting because, like, like after London, everything was like, you have to get aggressive now. You have to go forward. Like, they were scoring they were giving boxers rounds who probably weren't even landing punches but were just aggressive and were just coming forward and hitting on the gloves and stuff. Now, like, things are going to change where it's, it'll be more... I, I don't know. I actually don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be different again. Like, would you say, changing all the time. Would you say it will be less of a show and more about who's the better fighter? More... Uh, it just means, so, if, I, if me and you were out there boxing, we come back to the corner, I win the first round... And you're going to know, right, Kelly is up in the first round. Whereas in the other, like, before you don't know until the end of the fight. But this time when you come back in the first round, you're going to know, right, Kelly's up. I have to come forward now. I have to change the game plan. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. game plans are going to change in the ring all the time. Like, So you'll go into the ring with your game plan. And then if it's not working, then you have to change that game plan really, really quickly. And in, in like a minute, you have to come up with a new game plan. Okay. I hope I'm never in the ring with you. <laughs> um, just one last thing. What bit of advice would you give to a young person who is either going through some hard times or wants to take up boxing and is struggling a little bit? What what one bit of advice would you give them? Um, I'm going to be real cheesy and, and just say it, uh, that tough times don't last. Tough people do. Just keep your head down and... Just ride the wave, it'll, everything will pass and you just, like it doesn't always happen at the drop of a hat. You have to work hard for it and help is there if you need it. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help from, from all aspects of life, not just from a sporting back, uh, background, from, from your parents, your family, your friends, uh, counsellors, youth workers, um, youth, youth services. Like I've used all those growing up as, as, a, as a teenager and 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 they were without those people then Jesus, I don't know where I'd be, you know. So Aww. for for a young person growing up who's a little bit troubled and doesn't really know what direction they're going in their life, I just say reach out to people, ask for advice, take help when you need it, don't be afraid to take it. Oh, Kelly, you're some woman. Thank you for that. You're melting my heart. We <laughs> wish you all the best of luck in twenty twenty and we can't wait to see how you get on. And the very same to you, Ellen. I wish you every bit of success. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Kelly Harrington. And it's almost time for us. But Kira, 2020 is a year that we both have been looking forward to. What are your hopes and your plans for the year? Yeah, so 2020 is going to be a big year. Um, I'm going to start it out with a camp in Albuquerque in the USA. Um, I'm going to have another few altitude camps throughout the year. But it's pretty much all going to focus towards the, the big champs in the summer, Tokyo 2020, the Olympic Games. Um, I'll have a few more races in between then and now. I'm not going to overly focus on the indoor season. Um, yeah, the Tokyo Games are going to be my big focus. We have a, an, a European champs after it as well, but everything's going to really aim towards the Olympics. And what is your goal for what happens in Tokyo? Yeah, my goal, to be honest, my goal is to be there in the final. This year was my first time in a, in a World Championship final. Um, so once I'm there, I, I aim to to make that final and I believe once you're there it's anybody's game and yeah I've Did read Delaney of the chance yeah, I've seen that I've seen you quote that and what about yourself what's 2020 got in store um, so 2020 begins the long course season in swimming um, I have a few world series events in April I've got a camp away um, I think I have a few camps away and um, we have a European championships in May but the main focus for me will be Tokyo 2020 uh, it will be my fourth Paralympic Games um, in 2016 I won my first ever Paralympic medal which was a bronze in the 100 meter brushstroke so do you know I've been on the podium once at a Paralympic Games I'd love to do it again see that flag rise exactly um, and that is it for the first and surely not the last episode of Keen and McGee Unleashed you can listen back to the full show on offtheball.com watch on youtube.com forward slash offtheball thanks Hira cheerio thanks a million bye the Off The Ball Podcast on OTB Sports Radio, Ireland's first and only sports radio station.